In this episode of the Flick Lab International Film Podcast, Kari and Henrik are taking a deep dive into the free film selection of filmdo.com, a platform that provides you international films and short films. And we're gonna tell you all about the free selection on the website. Not sponsored by Filmdo in any way. We'll be right back after this intro. Right, Henrik? Apologies in advance to both Filmdo and the entire world of cinema. What a beautiful day! Another The Flick Lab episode for your eardrums. I am Kari and you are Henrik. The last time I checked. Last time I checked also. Even though the charges may still be somewhat on the fence. The charges are definitely on the fence. And so are you, dear listener, on the fence whether to continue listening. Okay, but yeah, you know, you know, tonight we're actually doing some international cinema. It's been a while. I mean, international in the sense that there's not Tom Cruise there avoiding bullets and... Uh, but hey, let's drive right into this car crash. You can subscribe to listen to us on YouTube, and you can find us on the usual podcasting channels all over the interwebs. You, you cannot avoid us, let's say it like that, if you at least search for us. Today, we're gonna discuss a certain website that I have been using every now and then. It's called Filmdo, or Filmdo, something like that. It's it's actually coming from Thai language, apparently this D-O-O. Kind of highlighting the internationality, if that's a word, of this streaming platform, which offers international, independent films from all around the world. And it has a wide variety and selection of also free films for you to watch. These are actually mostly, as far as I could see, all of them that I watched for this episode were kind of like aggregates from YouTube, Vimeo and different streaming services. The the ones that are paid on the platform are, though, as far as I remember, it's actually hosted by, by Filmdo itself. But anyway, we are not sponsored by Filmdo at all. You might be surprised to hear that. No, we just love supporting independent filmmakers. In my case, at least, I tried to find as varied films as I could possibly find, at least in the sense that they are all, as far as I remember, all from different countries and all from such countries that we have never visited in this podcast before. God's sakes. To kind of back up my claim that this is not sponsored by Filmdo in any way, I'm going to say something critical, some short criticism about this platform. Yeah, the website sucks. The, the, yeah, that, that's, that's kind of it. It has some issues with loading, it has some issues in functioning properly, but one of those issues was that I did have an account for that platform, and because I decided to, you know, update my passwords, I, I, I'm one of those crazy people who updates their passwords every now and then on every place I have ever registered to, at least the ones that I can still remember and I have stored in a safe place. 
Um, and I did the mistake of changing the password on FilmDuo into 128 characters password. <laughs> <laughs> and what happened then? It says, successfully updated. Yay. And then I test it as I usually do. Log out, log in. Your credentials do not match. Oh, bummer. And then I'm trying to, you know, reset the password. Nope, no emails received whatsoever. I have no idea which email I used for that account, but... Hey-ho, I think you could do something about that fact. So, if any of the filmmakers of these films are listening to this for some reason, why not contact us and let's talk about your, your films on the podcast, maybe some different films to what we're going to discuss in a kind of a fast pace today, because there's going to be an incredible amount of films today to discuss. 34 films, that much must be the uh, kind of a record that we've done in, in one episode. Yeah, I think that's all the dribble I have for starters. What about you? Well, not much to add to your comments on, on the platform. I also... FilmDo, by no means, is the worst film hosting platform that I've used, but it also has kind of the same hiccups that these platforms usually have. The browsing is somewhat a pain in the ass. It also, because it wants to push all the... The, oh, please, you know, have subscription here going on. Please aspect to it whenever you just kind of just when you just insert a search criteria into the search field, it likes to very highly push a lot of the subscription based movies for you when it starts to recommend you something to watch. Also, the fact that you can, or at least I only try this one with the free movies, but with free movies, you can only have like one search criteria at play at one time. So you can't have, for example, you can't insert, or I had huge troubles to insert free movies and then language of free movies and a theme. I could post theme, language, or just, you know, free movies and then have like documentaries or something like that to, to kind of narrow it down. But I couldn't have like that many search criteria at play at once. Which also made it kind of cumbersome for me to browse the catalog to see what exactly I would actually choose to watch from this plethora of movies. Because FilmDude does host quite a lot, also free content for you to watch. And the last one which kind of ended up at least biting me in the ass when it came to, the, to today's episode is the fact that like so many, like movie and other streaming platforms, FilmDo also has the nasty habit of listing in its catalog movies that no longer are actually hosted on the site or where the affiliate links have been taken down by the film's original uploader. Like, if, for example, if in FilmDo, if you start to search free movies, you get a whole bunch of movies and then you choose one of them, Let's say I, I had this experience, for example, with the documentary, We Have the Numbers. I found it on the catalog, I clicked it, everything looks fine, I click play, turns out that it's no longer there, a link to the Vimeo is dead, and the film still shows up in FilmDo's catalog. So there might be a chance that you may find, when you are browsing the movies at FilmDo, you may find something that really is speaking to you and you would be really interested in seeing it. And when you try to actually watch it, you then find out that, oh, okay, it's one scan, it's it's another dead link that still has a page on FilmDo's catalog. Are you sure that they were not directed by Richard Linklater? 
<laughs> oh god, sorry, that was bad. That that was, that was actually actually quite good one. <laughs> um, so further background on the FilmDo uh, platform. It's a UK-based company, uh, video on demand platform. So indeed, you are paying like pay-per-view. So if you decide to uh, rent anything for actual currency there, yeah, you can you can just pay as you go. You buy one movie and you pay whatever it is. Can range from what I've been seeing from two to four euros, something like that depends. And it does have quite a, a large selection of also LGBT cinema for for you guys out there who are interested in that kind of thing. That is also a thing, and and it has partnered with a lot of festivals and um, and uh, different distributors, over fifty distributors apparently, and founded by a certain Virada Shucharitkul. <laughs> I'm certain that I'm not pronouncing it correctly. Yeah, as discussed before, the title of the platform, the film do, is reference to the word in Thai to watch, the, the do part there. So it's basically something like film watch. All right, let's get down to it. I have 20 films, you have uh, 14 films. Yeah, 14 is my count. Right, and the, I think the idea here is that because we have such a pile of these film, films, we're going to allocate a certain amount of time that's going to be 1 minute 30 seconds per movie, so we might actually finish this episode in one hour. <laughs> yeah, let's see. I make no promises. Yeah, we've already used 12 minutes, as it looks like in my countdown here. So, maybe I'll start with... Uh, here goes the timer. Cognitio, or Cognitio, or I'm not sure how to pronounce that, but let's go with something like Cognitio. It's, it's a Dani- Danish, Danish. I always forget what's the, like, like the preferred way to say Danish or Danish. It's not important. I have only 90 seconds here. 2018 yeah, film. Yeah, we're talking about Danes, so... <laughs> directed by Rebecca Emken, more or less. 20-minute film. So this is a short film about a teenager who ends up in a psychiatric institution and it it actually seems like a school campus to me but turns out it's a psychiatric institution as per the synopsis anyway so we'll find that out in the end of the film but there the main kid is played by uh, Lasse Steen Jensen butchering that Lasse Steen Jensen a film and a stage actor with quite a bit of work behind him already at this young age. And uh, from from the last 10 or so years, he's been doing a lot of stuff. So he's being told that he should be making some friends in this film, and he follows that advice immediately. Turns out that he should choose his friends a little bit with more care, because, uh, well, you'll find out if I'll explain too much about this film, I'm going to ruin everything. There's some homosexual tension in the in the air, but none of those tensions are followed through in any way. They're just there, and I'm screwed. But <laughs> nah, you fucked up. <laughs> but that's you... it. Gimmick is over. We failed. <laughs> <laughs> Episode is rubbish. Uh, yeah, but uh, you can already guess where this film is going when you put together the institution and the young guy who has some problems with apparently using medications that he shouldn't be taking. It's an okay short film in the sea of okay short films. So that's kind of the problem. I wanted some more substance to the story. No recommendation this time, folks. Go. Okay, so in my end, I watched two films that both centered around the theme of waiting for Christmas to come. I checked out Mr. Christmas and Bringer of Christmas. 
Brothers, also known as Jouluntuoja, which is a film that actually is not on film do, but I watched it anyways. <laughs> Fuck you, and it was the best film of the bunch the whole night. <laughs> you can't see it. Uh, Bringer of Christmas is a, is a Finnish documentary film that centers around people who are these order at your home, traveling, circulating Santa Clauses during the, the Christmas day. It focuses on one specific Santa Claus actor, and then there is also a group of four Santa Clauses that go into sauna and have a deeper discussion about what it actually is to be the order at home Santa. And I managed to see it because, you know, I know the director, and I have a free access to the copy because of that. (laughs) So it's purely nepotism on, on my end. And Mr. Christmas, on the other hand, is a short USA documentary that focuses on this one old dude who every year during Christmas time has this huge, like absolutely crazy setup of Christmas lights. He has something like 51,000 light bulbs and he keeps those lit up for three months and his electric bill is something like $700 a month simply for the Christmas lights. Does this every single goddamn year and what was fascinating watching this was the kind of the difference between this how you know Finns celebrate the Christmas versus how Americans celebrate the Christmas. Like there was with Mr. Christmas, you had much more of this. It was more of a spectacle. Whereas in Bringer of Christmas, it's it's more down to earth. It's more sad. It's more lonely. It's more dark. Bringer of Christmas is is a Santa Claus driving his small car. And desperately trying to navigate the GPS, trying to see what is the address that he's supposed to go to. And Mr. Christmas is like, I put this whole light charade here for you guys. And every night I start this by playing the national anthem and then it's Christmas songs. And it's like a whole thing. It's kind of fascinating to see precisely how different the celebration can be depending on your your nation and kind of that's also my take with the do- th- these short documentaries all together i felt that there's also a difference in a way how the documentary is made like what is the focus of the story and or, or your documentary and how you build it up prior of christmas is extremely tightly knit documentary it focuses on basically it it just happens during one night a weekend at most whereas mr christmas on the other hand follows its main character throughout the year it's it's at least for half a year you get from christmas to the summer and with that kind of a longer time span you also kind of lose the focus on mr christmas where it no longer really features so heavily on on the Christmas, no so heavily even on, you know, what Christmas means to its main character. Instead, in typical American fashion, the thing that comes forward and the thing that is put on the pedestal here on Mr. Christmas is basically the community and the communal spirit. What is it, what it is for the community that there is this one guy who has 51,000 light bulbs that he lights up every Christmas time for three months. And what is kind of his interaction with his neighbors and the close community that surrounds him. And to be honest, it wasn't as interesting as it perhaps was in than what was the more personal a more sad and lonely tale that you have in, in Bringer of Christmas. 
It also, but Mr. Christmas does kind of highlight, also like through its communal spirit, it highlights the you give some, you get some exchange that goes into, well, Mr. Christmas's whole being. Like, thanks to his, his light setup in his small community, he has become kind of one of the... He has be, uh, become kind of a, a small famous person inside of his community. Everybody knows Mr. Christmas, everybody calls him Mr. Christmas, and they approach him as Mr. Christmas. Mr. Christmas himself makes the makes a relatively big notion about how much female attention he gets because he has the reputation because he is Mr. Christmas and that's kind of the, the larger payback that he gets from pre- being who he is so it's kind of keeping in with you know what what was said for example in in Dead Poets Society where it must remark that poetry was created simply because young men wanted to woo women here one old guy is, is having a light setup because he wants to get the female attention, which I can kind of get. I mean, I'm a film podcaster, the only thing I get is a restraining orders. Definitely. Yeah. But, yeah, not the, not the best documentary. And it kind of lands into, and I'm definite that this is unintentional from the filmmaker's end, but it kind of lands into this weird, weird waters when it puts so much heavy emphasis emphasis on the female attention that Mr. Christmas gets. Or when it brings up the point that basically Mr. Christmas's his wife has died some years ago, he himself is is retired. So he has all this free time at he- on his hands and he's basically the whole idea came after his wife died and after he had retired when when he was a pensioner who had you know extra income from his pension and no longer had a wife and he was looking for meaning to his life and then he c- came up with the idea of becoming Mr. Christmas. So there is kind of this sad note to the whole thing the, the whole being Mr. Christmas but it's being sold to you as a positive thing, as a as a happy smiley thing from the documentaries, and it kind of feels a bit weird. And I kind of felt that you know, bringer of Christmas as as Werner Herzogianly sad, Herzogianly sad. That most definitely is a word. <laughs> sad as it is, it's still perhaps a bit more honest depiction of what it means to be someone who in the end, works and operates around Christmas. All right. So, uh, hey, I actually did send an email to to FilmDo, just in case if they're interested in some kind of a collaboration in the future, perhaps. We'll see if if it's going to be just more restraining orders. (laughs) We are are nothing if, if not all about networking and creating small communities. But speaking of weird waters... Curiosity Kills, our first film from Estonia. Did it stay float? Yeah, the 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 this. <laughs> Holy fuck! That was mean, even even from me. <laughs> yeah, changing gears quick. So, one one serious highlight out of these short films right here for me for me was this one. I went to this movie actually thinking that it might have a very Finnish-esque, Finnish-like sense of dark humor, and it does have that, and then some. So it's about a radioactive substance that ends in a typical apartment, and uh, the family's dad's suitcase, 
which has this radioactive material that ends up in the hands of the, the family kid and then ends up in the stomach of a rodent and that rodent then becomes radioactive <laughs> rodent and the rodent goes berserk in the flat and, and the apartment and starts murdering everyone left and right. One standout shot that I liked was the, the pet rat when it's in a close-up during his attack and then there's burning flames in a green screenshot. In the background, it was beautiful to watch. Uh, seriously quirky fun, uh, and I do raise my hat to the entire team for the absurdity and creativity that is put into this. Bravo, Estonia. Great stuff. Congratulations to directors under Maran and all involved. Henrik, I think this is also right around your alley, so I think I should have recommended you to actually talk about it, but I hope you check it out. I most likely have to at some point, after your glowing recommendation to the film. Absolutely. Well, let me talk about another film here, because you have less films for the night than me. But by all means, I only have like... I, I lump, lumped all my films into categories. I've used the first one. I have three to go. Yeah. So, you know, take as much time as you humanly want. All right, so a second is a Philippines movie from 2012. Uh, about a five-minute film. Uh, this is about lost love. And there's these dialogues and flashbacks that suggest that this guy had a girlfriend at some point, and then the girlfriend left him. And now the guy is trying to get over this whole charade by recreating some of the happy moments that, that he shared with her by the means of filming his friend who is acting as if she were the ex-girlfriend. Yeah. And in this final scene, he wants to capture what her expression would be if, if he was now the one who would be leaving her. So this is based on a short story by Camille Pilar. I suppose it's this uh, surfer and writer Camille Pilar, I guess from the Philippines. So this film has kind of nice close-ups, special close-ups, but overall when you think about this guy as a character, in these five minutes he comes off as kind of a rude and as if he was taking advantage of this friend by kind of using her in this awkward way of playing and, and posing as this ex-lover of his. And so the whole character kind of comes off as a bit pathetic and obsessed, Henrik, and then... When you have only five minutes to play here, there's no time to flesh this out, I'm sorry, and then the lead character in the end scene. He just comes off as a total jerk who just, who leaves his friend in the middle of this highway and leaves his own camera there as he walks away, kind of capturing the expression of the lady when he just <laughs> leaves. So I'm not sure how I was supposed to take this, but this feels a tad unfinished. But let's talk about something that is once again around your alley, Henrik. It's called Fragments from Canada. Canada is not my alley. Well, uh, nature... Or, or did you mean that the theme of the film is my alley? Absolutely, Henrik. Oh, it, God. What's, yeah. What it's going to be about? I'm already dreading. <laughs> it's going to be about meteorites and zombies. I, 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 I st I'm, I'm sensing some grievances still about one stripper movie <laughs> that we had. So, yeah, this is director directed by David Hamelin and Neil MacDonald. And it's, it's going a little cuckoo, which is absolutely what we like in this podcast. This is about a meteorite that lands in the Canadian snowy landscape. And there's this girl, this kid, who then sees this, this meteorite falling down to the ground. And then 
is obviously smart enough to go to the meteorite and then grab one of the pieces of that said meteorite and then later gets rashes and blisters and finally she becomes a zombie, as you do, because why not? And it's a pretty funny concept, actually. It has good production values, uh, it's a solid spooky story, nothing deep here, nothing really essentially to say, just a, just a bunch of fun time. Recommendation. Not quite glowing, but... Since it's Canadian, I have to ask, does that zombie actually manage to, you know, kill anyone, or is it just apologizing for its own existence? The zombie manages to actually bite in the veins of, of, of her own mother in the car. Almost. Oh my god, that must be one of the most progressive Canadians I've ever seen. <laughs> and proceeds to run towards the ER. Good, good time, I, I think I can recommend that. Although, you know, there's so many short films out there that are just kind of okayish and a little bit better than okayish. It depends how much time you have time to spend on all this films but let's talk about something from uh, well i just every time i see the word luxembourg luxembourg anywhere written i only go back to fifa 97 video game <laughs> why <laughs> because that, that, why, that... Why, why fifa 97 <laughs> <laughs> because there is this announcer this this commentator and he's welcoming all these players to the field. And if you select one of the teams to be Luxembourg, he goes like, Luxembourg, Luxembourg. It sounded <laughs> obnoxious accent. Luxembourg. But this film is from, it indeed from Luxembourg, uh, our homeland, our homeland, five minutes. The thing here is that it's basically a five-minute music video. It seems like it has also received some state-level art funding, but never mind that. So there's this guy on a train. He starts playing his acoustic guitar, as you do, and singing and playing this, this song about how nice Luxembourg is, and everybody's nice in Luxembourg, and everybody of all the races come together, and uh, different backgrounds, yada, 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 yada. And they are all eager to show their homeland, because they are Luxembourgians. And to be honest, I myself, I get a little bit irritated every time when there is some irritable person who starts playing their acoustic guitar in any public transportation system because you can't escape the situation. But turns out that the passengers are not just regular passengers, they are actually a bunch of extras who will later on dance along this song later at a train stop. And what I gather from the comments is that this is coming from some kind of a left-leaning band uh, which is critical towards the society and has helped the migrants in the country. So, kind of, this film has kind of a melancholic and political vibe. The whole dance at the train station gets on the cringy side of things. And I don't, I don't think this film should be honestly on film do because unless they want to expand on music videos, I guess. So this was, this was a weird one. No, no recommendation. But uh, before I let you. Move on with your next one. Let me just jump to Turkey. Our best buddies in Finland at this point. Uh, <laughs> gosh. Uh, director Onur Atalay Senol. Four minute film. This movie is called 128. If we judge from the dialogue here, this movie takes place during the reign of a certain Mustafa Kemal Atatürk, which was their first president and kind of the founder of the country, as they say. Uh, this is shot in black and white to kind of accommodate those feelings, 20s, 30s, 30s vibes. 
and there's this kid who goes to school. In the yard, they start with some kind of a motivational nationalistic speech given by another student kid. They go to the classroom, and one kid, our main kid that we basically follow here, is sharpening his pencil, and then the teacher walks into the classroom. Yes, very exciting stuff, but I'll get to the point. Everybody promptly is standing up uh, to greet the teacher, and uh, the teacher is uh, checking the count, how many people are at, in attendance, and he calls everyone by a, num a number. And when he gets to the student number 128, because he refers to every, every student for some reason by the number, uh, there's a bullet that is being shot through the class window. So student 128 then is laying on the ground, on the floor of the classroom, bleeding, apparently dead, and end credits. And, and what this is, it, it seems to be inspired by the poem from um, more or less Mechul Orangi Aniti, something like that. Uh, it's, it translates to Monument to the Unknown Student by Ece Ayhan, uh, which is a Turkish poet. So it would seem that uh, it's possible that the significance of the number 128 is in the context of the you know student activism at the time, sacrifices that they made, something related to political movements, because the poem itself is inspired by these elements. So, yeah... Kind of interesting, one of the more history-related uh, films of tonight. Your turn. Recommendation, by the way. Okay. Uh, in my next category, there was four films. I checked out The Shadow Man, Risk's Mother, and Through the Mirror. And the thing connecting all these films is that they all share not just the country. These are all Brazilian, but also the genre. These are short horror films. And on top of that, also the production company. All of these shorts are from Dreamhouse Productions, and the idea going into these movies was to kind of check out what it actually means for Brazilians when they get the free reign of extremely low-budget independent short horror films. Like, what are they going to do? What are the crazy avenues that they will travel to? And apparently the answer is filming a bunch of creepypastas and urban legends. Because that's actually something that these all films share. They're very similar in, in, the, in the structure. The whole point of every short film here is that there's the, like, the, there's the surprise end twist that somehow paints you the picture of what the situation is, or gives you that the, shows you that there was a danger here all the time. And the end twist always is something aching to, well, what you have already come across if you have listened or read a whole bunch of creepypastas. These are the most typical of... of of twists you get. Like the Shadow Man is about this man who gets a has a weird dream where there's a shadowy figure that tells it tells about it to his his girlfriend and the girlfriend is oh yeah that's a really strange dream and then it cuts to back into the in the in the real in the waking world cuts back into the bedroom oh my god there's a shadowy figure there all the time or for example mother which is a discussion between a mother and a daughter. And the daughter, in, at the end of the discussion, the daughter makes a remark up to, to, to her mom, 
about how she has had these strange feelings and dreams that there are some type of entities living amongst them and just as she has said this she hears her mother's voice calling for her from the another room and right after that you know the mom they sharing the space with her daughter remarks that how do you know that that's just a dream and oh my god, that mom! Turns out it's a double ganger and has black demon eyes. So it's like, like it, it's the really typical twists and really typical structure that you get here. And all of these films they play with the idea that at the fringes of the realm of our existence there is something shadowy, something dangerous, something that you don't really know what it wants, but it appear at least it appears to be ominous and. That's just kind of it. The one that has the biggest, like, the, or, or the strongest message that, yeah, this right here, these shadows are dangerous, is through the mirror, which plays with the idea of, you know, like, symbolically, it plays with the idea of something like, you know, the, the seven years of bad luck, etc., etc., etc. It's uh, basically through the mirror is a story of a of a small kid. Who from from her dad gets a mirror and the dad warns the kid that if you ever break this mirror a demon will escape from it and something bad will happen to you I don't know why why on earth dad gives her daughter that type of a mirror but does it anyways anyways you know we actually follow the daughter as she's now grown up woman still has the mirror but now as an adult accidentally breaks it and it turns out the dad was right all the time there really was a demon inside the mirror and the demon takes the woman I don't know what happens to her but but anyways that's where the film ends there's the, the horror movie closing scream as the demon you know closes her his arms around her and that's that's really about it and that's really all that you can really say about these films they are more or less they are filmed creepy pastas and urban legends which try to in my opinion a bit cheaply buy themselves some credibility by making once again the million times heard argument that these are somehow based upon real events like the shadow man which is which was about the dude who has a weird dream and then it turns out that there's a shadowy figure in the bedroom it's apparently based on real events and a real feeling that there is a shadowy figures in your room that people at times have. I have to say at this point that uh, the Shadow Man 2017 I watched as well, you know, for this episode. I think we're talking about the same thing. There is this this guy has a dream and then he wakes up and he starts to see these same things happening in in reality except yeah, for Yeah, we are talking Man. about the same movie. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, in that case, you know exactly what my grievances are with the movie, because most likely we share them. And I can tell you, as someone who watched the rest of the Brazilian short horror films that are free to watch on film, do all the rest of them share the same problems as well. And in all of them, also the claim that the movie makes, like, like the Shadow Man, makes the claim that it's based on real events. Yeah. And well, then it mm. lines it down into it's based on the fact that people at times get the feeling that there's something shadowy figures in their room. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if this is uh, related to, uh, how do you call that, that sleep paralysis or anything like that, but I have heard of this, and you know, we did that episode on 
the YouTube channel, the... What's it called again? Ah, uh, 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 Bedtime Stories. Bedtime Stories. And they have an episode about this same phenomena. Uh, not to say that it, that's giving any credibility to it. I, I'm just saying that there, there have been reports of this. And it seems to be some kind of a weird thing that people go through. I actually kind of like this. I, I thought it was one of the better ones. Because because of the creation of the monster. I, th- I thought that was kind of a spooky scary okay all, all i saw was basically cheap premiere effects <laughs> yeah like I, it, it yeah. just it just didn't work for me at all and that also includes the, the visual design of the monster like i know i understand that these are cheaply made independent short horror films and that's not the problem I, i'm not i'm like hand, cross my heart and hope to die i'm not shitting on these films because you know yeah, yeah, there's yeah. not production value in them but when it comes to the design of the titular shadow man it just didn't work for me time is up anything else about those not really no recommendation to any of these sorry brazil oh oh dear I would recommend the Shadow Man. Cool monster. Okay. And uh, by all means, you know, do tell. You have more positive take on the film. Well, I kind of like the final glimpse that we get at him, and uh, kind of a, fa- a fascinating and well done monster. And it seemed like it's a kind of a guy who is dressed up in all greens and running around the corners. But I, I like the kind of effect of. I think you were saying black eyes, but yeah, white eyes in this case, and completely in, black. In this void. case, yeah, uh, it's it's mother where there are the black eyes. Yeah. Effect or I'm, contact lenses, whichever is the one that they ended up using in that short. It's just filmed at a weird time of day with subpar equipment, uh, but I think it's worth a watch because of the execution of the horror parts. Directed by Diego Pinzon. Yeah. On my end, once again, I, that horror part did not work for me. And I was kind of pissed off by the way how it ends. Okay. Especially especially because, you know, because the end payoff, when it comes to kind of the promise of the film, or, or it riding with the based on real events, air quotation marks statement, it, it kind of, with, with that statement, with that claim, it started to feel kind of cheap mm, sure well there are a lot of films that may feel cheap and uh, uh, and uh, how it establishes these films some of these films have a lot of trouble establishing or set up in their their MacGuffin in the film and it can just feel completely forced and that is especially the case with Marimba which is a Egyptian film from 2014 directed by Amer Halasa so the Marimba yeah, it features the marimba ringtone from Apple's iPhone. And I don't think it has any other significance apart from being in the film. Because there's there's this guy who wants to buy a new phone and something. And this is basically about a, an old homeless dude. And this guy who is driving with the car and is dreaming of this new phone, he keeps ignoring this uh, homeless dude a couple of times. And when he finally decides to help him out, then he's already gone. Or or he morphed into a bunch of aluminum cans. I don't know what to make of the ending. But uh, uh, it's kind of an overly simple moral story about helping homeless guys. Perhaps interesting if you are if you want to know something about the Egyptian life standards and daily life and even goddamn politics. Because there's this scene where... The, the guy is at home and shouts something to the wifey that 
how can it take so long for you to wipe my shoes? I was like taken aback a bit, like, huh? So, so I, I wasn't sure if I should feel more bad to the to the lady in the house or that or the homeless guy of the of the story. And the setup of the MacGuffin, as I said, it's in a forced matter. And Henrik, would you take a homeless guy into your into your apartment for a shower? Should you feel obligated to bring something good for this person? I always fear that the, if you bring the, bring them over, then they would bring sorry, but they might bring some lies or other infestations into the apartment. So I don't know how how realistic that would be. I I would help in some other way, but it's better to leave uh, or for direct these people into places where they have professional shelters for these people who are prepared to deal with these these kind of issues. Or you can donate clothes or hygiene products or something like that. Would you bring this guy to your home? Because this is what the movie is kind of pushing, I think. And depends on the situation. I might do that favor to, you know, an individual one homeless guy. Mm. By no means would I say that that would be some type of a given thing, something mm. that should be demanded from you or something that, or, or behavior that should somehow like mark the value of you as a human being like to make the statement that if you don't lend your shower to the to a homeless person you are a sh- shitty person i think that that's a false statement and i'm with you on on the line that first of all yeah of course you are allowed uh, to think about things like lies etc when extending or thinking about extending this favor to another person and most most definitely i'm with you on the notion that more important than you know you letting a homeless guy to borrow your shower one time and then just writing it off like i did my part i'm a good person mm-hmm. the more the thing that helps more is if like you said you guide those people to places where you know where they can actually get help or you donate clothes or you do something more substantial because lending the shower it yeah it, it helps the person in that moment, but it does not have any kind of a long-lasting effect. It's a one-time thing that you do, yeah. but it helps more if you somehow manage to help them to reach some place where they can get more consistent help. And I think we could get into a nice tangent on some other day about effective altruism and uh, what would be the best practice to help people and have the like the highest benefit, highest effect of of helping people people out there. Helping one single person in this way might be not so effective, but anyway, that's a story for another day. So uh, I think the film's heart is in the right place, but. Um, my recommendation is not in this place, so just skip it. Because I think it's not... I think we, it's just pulling the easiest strings to pull at your heartstrings, if that makes sense. And uh, I think it should have made a little bit more effort. I know it's a seven-minute short film, but fuck it, no recommendation. Uh, and unfortunately, that's all the time we have available for us. We would also like to give a quick shout-out to a few podcasts that I think you would find interesting. Firstly, the Foxhole Companion Podcast. Chronological history of World War II as seen through the silver screen. Starting in 1936 with The Seventh Cross, starring Spencer Tracy and Jessica Tandy. Currently on season 3 and the summer of 1941. All your favorite war movies. 
and some that will be the Foxhole Companion Podcast. You can follow them on Twitter with the handle Foxhole Company One. That is F O X H O L E C O M P A N I One. You can find them on Anchor FM and wherever you find your podcasts. On the other hand, Get Me Another is a podcast that explores blockbuster films and those movies that came in their wake and tried to replicate their success. You can find them wherever you find your podcasts and on Twitter with the handle Get Me Another Pod. Look for the part two of Film Do Films in the next two weeks. See you in a fortnight. On the event. And I'm afraid that's all the time. And I'm afraid that's all we have time for this week. And I'm afraid that's all we have time for this week. Luke. Löysin taikinaa pehmasta. Löysin taikinaa pehmasta.